you are listening to 123 Yes Wrestling, the only wrestling podcast that tries to bring the love back to professional wrestling. In case you didn't know, this is the only episode 28 there will ever be. We have a great show for you lined up this week, including everything about the wild card rule that WWE set into motion this week. And AEW might have a TV deal. Like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can always join the conversation at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com. But for now, enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to 123 Yes Wrestling, where we want to bring the love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris, and as always this week, I am joined by Ed. How are we doing, Ed? Hey man, I am so excited to be here. We had a you know an interesting week of wrestling, mm-hmm. but you know, even so I've had time to digest both the Avengers and what's going on in Game of Thrones too. So maybe later we can even get into that a little bit. Uh, we hey, you know what? The outside of um the wild card that is the WWE right now, there's not a lot going on, so maybe we might fill some space. So if you guys are interested, we'll save that at the end, and we'll put a big spoiler warning if we do dive down that path. But we got lots we could talk about, and Ed and I don't always get the opportunity since we live far apart to pop culture talk, so maybe we will take advantage of the lack of wrestling content this week. Corey, unfortunately, isn't able to make it this week. Um, so we are going to uh, soldier on. He might pop in and out. He had a lot of family in town. So we uh, want to wish them the best and uh, hope they're all doing good as they had some family stuff going on. So we are going to power on. Hopefully Corey pops in. If not, he will be back next week. And you got me and Ed this week. So you ready to just jump in this, Ed? We're just going to jump in to the curtain jerkers i am ready let's let's get this rocking and rolling all right we're gonna start with my favorite topic aew and actually more news came out today to attach into this story i was kind of starting this whole thing about how they're closer to a tv deal but then i was even looking and realizing that they still haven't announced a pay-per-view provider to be even for us to even watch the show when it's in what two weeks You know what's interesting is I just read an article, and maybe you caught this too, they actually have a pay-per-view provider lined up in the U.K. already. Okay. But they don't have one for the U.S., which is mind-blowing to me. Um, And, yeah, to your point, we're a couple weeks away from this thing, and, you know, for me, I want to see it, but, you know, I want to know how I'm going to see it. (laughs) I was was always assuming it was going to be Fight TV due to that's where All In went through, and I have $10 credit from WrestleMania weekend from buying all the different wrestling pay-per-views and events from there. So I was kind of hoping that I was going to knock 10 bucks off of it and watch it there. So I'm kind of curious. Now, the news that did come out today was that um, it's expected that next Wednesday at the TV press things where they announced their new shows for the fall, uh, Turner, so that would be TNT, is going to announce AEW as a weekly show starting in the fall. So TNT, they're um, still trying to iron out the details. And the last news before the Turner thing came out was that Meltzer put out that um, they were hammering out the day in which the show would be on with whoever, whatever network they were going to be on. So it was going to be Tuesday, Wednesday night. They were trying to hammer out those details, and that's why nothing was announced. And then today it came out as speculation that Turner is going to announce it next Wednesday. 
Man, I mean, if this is true, this is really huge for them. And I tend to think that, you know, as much as, like, you know, the 1,800 VPs of AEW <laughs> don't want to be seen as WCW 2.0, when you go on Turner, how are you not WCW 2.0? Like, I mean, come on. So, yeah. I mean, I hope yeah. they do something different, but, hey, good for them. It is really exciting times as a wrestling fan, especially if this goes through. But, come on, like, Turner... This has got to be it, – it, let, let's just do this, man. Let's get the Monday Night Wars going up again. Let's just call it what it is. I know. I know. I would almost not want to be – like, it's it's weird because TNT obviously is a big network. It's a big channel. It does – has ties to wrestling. Yes, it's it's a good thing for them to do. But if I was Cody Rhodes, if I was any of those people, it would be like people are already calling you WCW. WCW failed as a company. You do not want to be tied to them. And if I am going to go on TNT and run my AEW show, that would even be more of a reason why I do not want any WWE guys on this show. I would not want anybody. I wouldn't want Dean Ambrose. I literally would not want any. Jericho would be the only one that I would have that as any ties to WWE because you don't want to draw those comparisons of taking all of WWE's talent. I just find it interesting, too, that, you know, for um, an organization that seemed to be so anti-wrestling, especially in the early 2000s when when WCW finally folded, um, I mean, guys like Eric Bischoff have gone on record saying they always felt like the redheaded stepchild of that whole Turner group. Mm -hmm. So if this ends up being on Turner, it's an amazing sale of AEW and I give them a lot of credit because I would have never expected Turner to want to get back into um, wrestling again. So it's crazy if it goes through that way. What's even crazier is what kind of, what kind of viewership are they going to have? I mean, WWE is struggling and it's, you know, it's big news that they've been dropping and they jumped into the rest of the news and our wild card and everything else that's going in to try to raise their ratings to get above 2 million people. So WWE, the biggest wrestling company in the world is having trouble getting 2 million people to watch their show. So what is AEW going to do on TNT? I mean, so many of those people that watch Raw and SmackDown, the 1.9 million people who turn up for Raw SmackDown, chances are they're not showing up for AEW because they're the casual viewers. It's going to have to be a different product. And I really, I do appreciate that anytime I'm hearing about AEW, they're really saying that their, uh, you know, overall theme or, you know, their mission statement is to be a unique product. And that's what it's going to have to take because they're going to have to not only you know, get those casual fans, but they're also going to have to get the hardcore fans just to stick around, but also create new wrestling fans. And that's not going to be easy. Can it be done? Sure. But to create, especially the creating new wrestling fans, not through a WWE product is going to be the most interesting challenge they have. Now, I know we didn't talk about this and this is kind of coming out of left field, but is there anything particular off the top of your head that you would like to see that would be different that WWE is doing that you would like AEW to make them stand apart? I mean, is it just camera angles? Is it just the way they do interviews? Is it the way they cut promos? Is it, I mean, so much of what wrestling is, is what WWE currently does. So what can AEW do to attempt to look different, stand out? Uh, number one, I think kayfabe needs to come back meaning that um, the product needs to feel completely real. From little things, like I noticed when I watched um, a little bit of the Crockett Cup, for example, things like the guys inspecting the ring before the match, making sure that the ring is in good shape, 
the refs like kind of going through the rules of the match, like just these little nuances that make the product feel real. And I also think that win and loss records should mean something in AEW, meaning that if you actually are a person who enjoys stats, which I actually am, um, in other sports, they should be able to watch AEW and feel like stats are respected. I think if you did just those couple things, you're already establishing yourself as a more unique but also real product. Um, and I think that could be a good first step for them. And I've heard rumors that they're going to kind of do some of that, which would be really cool. Yeah, I heard about the stats thing. Um, I think it would be another cool thing if they did was, like I said, treat it like a show a little bit more. Um, one of the really good things that they would, should do is do seasons, as we saw with Lucha Underground. If they could do a fall and a spring season and take the take that time off, if they seem like they're allowing a lot of their talent to work other places, so if you let them kind of go out during those breaks and still work, but then you come here for TV, and if they put some breaks between it, um, I think that would really stand it out. Run it like a traditional TV show as opposed to a wrestling show. I think that would be um, really good just way to stand out and even like lucha underground they had some insane stories i mean they had murder mysteries they had i mean they did some crazy stuff on that show and i mean they got about four seasons out of it and i mean i i didn't catch a lot of it because i don't have tv so it was hard it's not one that streams anywhere so i've only been able to see little bits on youtube but just listening to other podcasts review it and recap it and i mean those stories sounded insane about who they had doing what and who was murdered this week and who was really secretly this person's father i mean they did that soap opera thing and yes soap operas can be cheesy but everyone always says wrestling is like soap operas for men you know that's what they always used to say growing up. So it's like take some of those storylines and tell a little bit longer story. Tell you know something different just to really stand apart from WWE. I also hope that AEW is, is smart enough to realize they could be a platform for some of these other promotions that are out there. So I think it would be smart for an AEW to, to pair up once in a while with a Ring of Honor or even a New Japan. Um, you know, now with the NWA coming back, I think... Like, they could be the premier independent promotion, in a way. And I think that would, in essence, kind of even bring the territories back right from under the WWE, which would be insane. But that they have so many different opportunities to do some good with this on a national platform that I just hope they, uh, they realize that, you know, there's a lot of different things they can do based on the feedback that fans are giving the WWE, quite frankly, right now, on how their product could be better. Just take all that feedback, roll it into yours. You'd be surprised what happens. Yeah, I'd, I'm really curious to see who comes out for it, who shows up, who's watching. Like I said, I, I, I'm a cord cutter, so I'm not factored in there. You know, I'll catch what I can, but TNT isn't a isn't a thing that pops up on Hulu too often so chances are i'm not going to be able to check it out unless i use another email address for another free trial for something to catch that first episode but hey man we'll I see got you i got you man yeah and i didn't say you were using my subscription by the way i just said i got you <laughs> you got me we'll figure something out um <laughs> but yeah it's still it's still be interesting to see um where they go and especially if they start touring if they start i mean there's a lot of still question marks in the air but we'll see what Double or Nothing does. Hopefully it shows up on a pay-per-view provider so we can watch it and we can talk about it and review it or do live or we'll do something with that because that'd be cool in a couple weeks. I'm excited to check out what they have. Um, talking about talent wanting to move, we also have 
more kind of Sasha Banks news, as well as Leo Rush, who found himself in some hot water the past couple weeks. Seems like all over the place. He didn't want to. He didn't want to treat the veterans with respect. He felt that he shouldn't have to. He's made a bunch of uh, statements saying, you know, how he wants to be treated and what he thinks he's worth. And a lot of stuff came out backstage. He was rubbing people the wrong way. So now Sasha Banks and Leo Rush were not on the big European tour. They are currently on WWE Across the Pond. You know, it's crazy how much detail about the Leo Rush story came out. That's what blew my mind is it's like a whole narrative about how you know, he's real cocky, and then, like, Mark Henry, who did go on record and say this was true um, on the uh, Busted Open show, um, it's like, you know, they're trying to give this guy advice, and he's like, no. Like, and it's really insane to me, because I know he was really good on the independent scene, but if these stories are true, it's like, I just don't understand where he is getting the cojones to talk like this, you know? And for a guy who really hasn't proved himself on the main roster at all, um, it's very interesting. I did read some of his tweets, and I just think he's a guy that he's very hyper-confident, meaning that he just, you know, believes his hype and he's going to ask for what he's worth. And, you know, if people are going to hate on him, that's their problem. I get that, but he's really, uh, I think he's hurting his career really bad and to the point where, you know, I think they wanted to move him to NXT or something, and I don't even think he's doing that. So right now he, they know. sent him home. So right now he's sitting at home. I know there were a lot of stuff. I'm all for hyper confident. I am all for knowing what you're worth. And part of this whole thing with all these talent that doesn't want to be there and no one's resigning contracts and WWE's trying to lock down these guys with all this five-year contracts. And reportedly, as we talked about, and I'm sure we'll talk about as we progress through tonight's show, the revival who didn't want to sign a new contract because they already have a, they have a year left. The revival has a year left on their contract. And then WWE, wanted them currently to sign another five-year contract worth reportedly you know like two hundred fifty thousand dollars each it was like a you know half a million dollar deal for these guys um or more because i think it was two hundred fifty thousand a year each so i mean for the tag team they were looking at half a million dollars just to be there for the next five years which is a lot of money which they as of right now haven't signed and leo rush supposedly was also offered a five-year extension contract and they were offering him $300,000 a year, which that's a lot of money for Leo Rush. Now, I understand creativity. I understand all of those things. If you're not feeling it, no money, no amount of money is worth what you have to put up with if you're really not feeling it. So that's fine. But then Leo Rush went out and said, well, I want, I'll want, i sign it for 600000 a year. Because if you're going to give the revival $500,000 a year, Leo Rush feels he's worth more. So now once you get these numbers out there, these guys are all going to start asking for how much money. You know, I mean, it's like they want to keep some of these people that their contracts are up in the next year or so. They're going to have to pay to keep these people here. And how many of them are going to be worth it if you're not going to do anything with them? Oh, I know. The negotiation is going to be utterly insane. Um, and I mean, even some of the uh, main eventers like Randy Orton kind of played around with it on Twitter. He's been talking a little bit more, uh, you know, kind of loose and not, I don't think, really caring what he says anymore. He made a comment about them bringing back Goldberg for the mm -hmm. uh, house show in uh, Saudi Arabia. But it's like, you know, I, part of me is like, like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that these talents are, you know, that excited about their careers and they want to do the, be the best damage they can and they, you know, want, they want to get paid, but... I feel like the respect of the business is kind of the problem that's being uh, thrown around. And, 
you know, it goes back to what I said a couple weeks ago. What is the culture like in world wrestling entertainment right now that so many talents are like trying to jump ship? It can't all be about AEW because you got AEW saying we don't really want any any of you. So it's just got to be something with the culture that's driving a lot of this as well, too. Well, I think I think there's a lot of hype just in the wrestling outside of WWE, and there's a lot of big shows. There's a lot of these companies are working together. A lot of these, we had the G1 Super Show with Ring of Honor and New Japan. AEW is already you know going to have a good relationship with New Japan. Jericho's going back like two weeks after to, to face uh, Naito. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. He's believe, fighting yeah. Naito for the you know the NWGP heavyweight belt, which I know I destroyed that, but yeah, you're you, close enough. Close enough. You guys know what I meant. But you know, so it's like there's a lot of relationships, and that's a lot of opportunity. And if there's enough money, and you can have your own schedule, and it's it's kind of like going freelance. You know, it's like, well, I I got done. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. I worked at a hotel for five years, working fifty, sixty, seventy hour weeks. Ha- basically on call 24 hours i remember getting a call from my security overnight at three in the morning so i can have a guest yell at me and i'm standing there in the dark in my underwear in my (laughs) living room getting yelled at by some stranger thinking what what did i do in my life like why am i here like what's happening what what's happening that three in the morning i'm standing here in the dark in my underwear getting yelled at by somebody like this is not the life i want to have so, I mean, it's, but the idea of being able to go freelance, to go do some stuff. I mean, I wouldn't have time to do this show if I was still working there. I wouldn't have time to do any of the stuff that I get to do. Now, I don't have as much money, but I'm happier than that point. So, it's the, a lot of that same. I understand that frame of mind. And if, you know, Sasha Banks feels that she can go someplace else, she put out a tweet to Tessa Blanchard that said, let's wrestle. So she wants now what Sasha doesn't understand is that she's under a contract that they're never going to let her out of. So, I mean, you have to you have to realize that you need to play the game, though. You are still signed to a contract. So do the Dean Ambrose come in, do your thing. Did you do you really think WWE had any idea that at midnight when Dean Ambrose's contract was officially up, he was going to put out a John Moxley video teasing that he was going to go someplace else? No, WWE had no idea he was going to do that. That was just, he played it, played them. You know, he kept his cards close to his vest and he put that video out at 12.01 on May 1st when his contract expired. Sasha Banks needs to do that. If she wants to get out of that company, she needs to go in and do that. Otherwise, she's going to sit on the couch and she's never going to wrestle again. Yeah, and it's interesting. I know her uh, husband put out a tweet, I think, uh, today or yesterday, downplaying that she had, you know, this, uh, you know, this, this, this whole thing of, I, I want to leave the company and, you know, like, you know, I basically, he just played her husband. He basically said anything a husband would say to try to smooth this whole situation, you know, which quite frankly for her is spiraling out of control. I think a lot of, there are, is a lot of sympathy for these wrestlers online. I get it. But then there's a lot of people, I think that like you understand, Chris, I understand we work every day. We understand how business works. We understand how contracts work. And it's just the way it is. You got to do your job. And if you're not happy, um, you know, you just got to suck it up and do your time. Especially it's not an at will. Like you literally signed a contract. The, I mean, so, I mean, if she truly wants to wrestle again, yeah, get on TV, get buried for a year or two. Cause that's exactly what's going to happen. It's not like she's going to get any love, especially if you see what's happening with the revival, but you know, just suck it up and get it done. Yeah. You know, like I said, you, you know, 
Dean, Dean Ambrose is the perfect example. It's funny because in this whole situation, you have two examples. You have the Ty Dillinger, who does, seems like he's one of the only ones that was able to pull that off, and WWE isn't going to let anyone else do that anymore. And actually, I just saw an announcement in July, July 19th, at the RCW show in San Antonio. Ty Dillinger is in the main event against Colt Cabana. Nice. I'm going to try to see if I can get an interview because I want to ask Ty Dillinger how he feels about it being coined the phrase pull the Ty Dillinger when you ask for your release and put it out on Twitter first. Everyone's calling it the Ty Dillinger. I want to know how he feels about that. So I'm going to try to see if I can get a, some press involved for the show and if I can snag an interview with him in July. Look for it, listeners. It's going to happen. That'd be awesome. But yeah, that would be super cool. But yeah, you just got to get in, do your time. You know, I don't know how long Sasha has left on her contract, but well, the longer it takes for yeah. her to come back, I mean, the longer that contract's going to get because they're not going to willfully just let her go. No. They're going to keep her off. And if she's got a year, if she's got two years, she's going to be gone. Right. They're still you showing her on cricket commercials. So maybe she can negotiate a way to say that every time she's on a cricket commercial, that's time in the ring. I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully, like you said, with tweets from her husband that she's – figuring this out and it's been long enough now where she's like okay i need to i need to go back and apologize you know sometimes you just yeah. have to be like hey i'm sorry i you know i wasn't thinking i was just really upset i got i understand business is business let's work you know and and try to see what you can do but you want to build up your name if you want to leave you need to do what you have to do to build up your name you know and you do like dean ambrose they pushed him to the moon until it was clear he wasn't going to leave. Then they still put him on TV. They just jobbed him out. And yet, right now, if Sasha's contract goes for another two years, you, your your character and your reputation can't handle two years of being jobbed out or longer and then expect to go someplace with a huge everyone cares about me. But if you come back and you show what you're worth, yeah, a couple months, you know, like I said, I, I keep coming back to it, but Dean Ambrose is probably going to show up at double or nothing here in a week or two. And he's already got booked for another show. He's booked for a movie. He's going to be all over the place because he's kept himself. He did it right. You know, so if you can't pull the Ty Dillinger, pull the Dean Ambrose and do it the right way. Absolutely. We had one more curtain jerker. I think we're, because we're hitting already 20 minutes, we'll just put that for the top as we tie into Raw and SmackDown because it's all tied in there because it is about the wild card rule, ladies and gentlemen. The WWE pulled the swerve, the wild card rule. So that is going to head up the mid-card wrap-up following, of course, every week, the Sits and Fits weekly wrap-up with Mr. Fitness. Hello, wannabe gym rats. Mr. Fitness here. And you know what? I'm playing my wild card I'm not going to do the show this week because you know what? If WWE can have a wild card rule where guys like Kofi Kingston, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, and Lars Sullivan can just show up whenever they want, well, so can I. So maybe I'll pop up next week. Maybe I won't. Maybe we'll figure out where in the world Corey is because obviously he didn't show up this week. So you know what? I'm going to leave it back to those idiots that are still talking. So Chris and Ed, good luck trying to make this show survive. And remember, wannabe gym rats, don't sit, just stay fit. Wow. Did he really just do that to us? I, I think he pulled a wild card on us and decided, uh, what, where did he go? Is, is, I, I, did, he, did he go to the steel cage? Did he, I mean, did he go to that bullet podcast bullet you've been listening to? Is he on Bulletcast? Is he on Bulletcast right now? Because, you know, I feel like I have a handshake contract with Mr. Fitness. 
here, but he he jumped ship on us this week. I cannot believe it. And in a way, you know, it stings like a knife. It really does. It really does. Especially after last week when I, you know, was so motivated by his sits and fits that I actually, I don't know if you were counting, I've been doing a thousand reps. Like, I've been working out, man. Yeah. You know? You're I'm looking good. And... Intermittent, fa- inter- inter- intermittent fasting. I'm doing Atkins. I'm doing it all, man. I'm going to lose 30 pounds in five days. That's how you do it. And if Mr. Fitness decides to show back up, he's not going to know what happened. Maybe he just couldn't handle you being nice to him last week. I know. That that must have been it. Well, hey, Mr. Fitness, I hope you never come back. How about that, huh? Why don't you stay on those little rival podcasts that you're on? Okay? How about that? Yeah. How we'll about them apples? Wild card rule ourselves another recapper. We'll yeah, see how that you like that. But speaking of the wild card rule, that's what we had going on. So for anybody who missed wrestling this week, the wild card rule stated multiple things as the course of Raw went. But we opened up Monday Night Raw with Vince McMahon coming out. And then over the weekend, there was a big Twitter war between WWE and Roman Reigns as Roman Reigns kept saying, I'm opening Raw. And WWE kept saying, no, you're not. And Roman said, get my music ready. And WWE said, you won't be there because you're on SmackDown. And then, of course, Raw opens. Vince McMahon comes out. God only knows what Vince McMahon was going to say because he got interrupted by Roman Reigns. Then, wonderfully, Daniel Bryan made his return to TV after his uh, injury scare or whatever happened after WrestleMania. So Daniel Bryan then came out, who was a SmackDown superstar. Then... Kofi Kingston came out, who is a SmackDown superstar. So in this process, Vince McMahon, while the three of them were talking, Vince McMahon said, hey, I'm a genius. I just created the wild card rule. Any three superstars from Raw or SmackDown can jump ship on any given week for any given time to invade the shows. I'm a genius. And the wild card rule was born where those three were allowed to be on Raw. Well, I will say this was a very interesting open. Number one, because it opened with all these stars, and then they went to commercial, and then it was still in promo mode. Usually, they after the first commercial break, they're going into a match. They yeah. were still in the ring talking after the first commercial break, which was nuts. But yeah. uh, second, I actually enjoyed Roman, because Roman came out and actually started cutting a pretty decent promo about how the McMahons were going to give back the show to the audience, which we've been talking about on this podcast for the past, I don't know, 10 weeks, about how you kept on saying you were giving it back to the audience. And guess what? You guys are doing the same thing. I was really hyped that Roman said that, and that he said he worked for the universe now. That was cool. Yeah. I even love Daniel Bryan coming out. I love Kofi coming out. But it just kind of makes me think, like, why are we doing this brand split at, at, at all at this point? Why? Why are we doing this? Well, and then there were reports that came out, and this is why I did have it under the curtain jerkers, but we just tie it in there because we got long-winded. But there were apparently pressure from Fox that Fox wants bigger, the biggest stars on SmackDown due to Fox getting SmackDown come October, and they want some of the stories from Raw on SmackDown. And then USA came out and said the exact same thing. Well, we want the bigger stars. So USA apparently wasn't happy that Roman Reigns got moved to SmackDown. So they wanted the bigger stars too. So now WWE has two masters that they have to keep happy. 
So realistically, a brand split doesn't work. But Vince supposedly really likes the brand split and wants to keep the show separate. So hence the wild card rule was born to be able to make people show up when they need to show up based on stories. Then mm. why did he start with three and then change it to four? Yes, and that was going to be the, the next thing. Was later <laughs> on in the show, Lars Sullivan showed up, which I forgot. I forgot he was on SmackDown. Lars Sullivan showed up and stared Vince down, and Vince said, "Let's make it four people now." And Lars Sullivan was the fourth. So now four people can show up on any given show, any given week. So why not make that the case in the beginning? Like, why change your rule an hour and a half after you made the rule? Then. Before that or after that, Shane McMahon and Elias showed up. So that was technically six people that came from SmackDown onto that. So, like, you're writing this show. Like, wrestling isn't real. I'm, I'm going to say this, you know, just for anybody. Wrestling is scripted. Wrestling is fake. It's so, still real to me, damn it. I, and that's fine. But when you're when you're writing a script and you're like, all right, we're going to start the show with this wild card rule and three people are going to be going anywhere. But then two hours later, we're going to change it and make it four. But then later, we're going to have Elias and Shane run out. So that's going to make it six, you know. And I know I can only imagine that they were thinking, well, Shane's a McMahon, so he doesn't count. But even Elias still makes that five. You know, it's just like... Come on, this is just absurd of your counting of your rules. So now nobody understands the wild card rule. No, and the whole time watching Raw, I mean, I was I actually paid attention to Raw, which hey, like good for them. Like I actually was in it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's like if if the wild card rule wasn't explained at all, this would have been a good show, in my opinion. Like just you know it, the storylines were were moving. You had tons of stars on you know the A show. The matches were pretty decent. Um, it just felt so confusing to me. And, and, like, to your point, it's like I I took it as a fan. It, it showed signs of desperation to me all throughout. And that actually kind of, you know, kind of hurt my viewership because I'm like, man, like, are they, like, that freaked out because of the, the, the viewers being lost and, you know, all these different stories about their – you know, talent being unhappy. Like, is it all just coming to a head to where, like, they are, like, just losing control of their product? And that's kind of what it feels like to me right now. And it's, like, it doesn't require that much tweaking, and like, you know, to be a positive experience. Because, like I said, if it wasn't for the whole superstar wild card thing, if we just took this show as it was, it was pretty good. But it's just, as fans, knowing that, when it's booked on the fly like this, something's wrong, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to tell because yeah, I mean, there are small things that they can do, but I don't know how much they actually can do to really write this ship. Like if they're really losing viewers, I really don't know how you get them back. Ultimately, they don't have any stars made. They don't have, you know, Roman isn't the draw. No one's a draw. You know, Becky Lynch sells a bunch of merchandise, but she's not a household name. Roman Reigns, they have no household names anymore. John Cena is the last one. Brock Lesnar is probably the closest, but he's never, doesn't stick around long enough to be worth anything. Goldberg coming back is something. But, I mean, outside of these old stars, you don't have any new talent for anybody to be excited about. So you have nobody that you can build anything around. Roman is the closest that they have, and that's what they're working with. But he doesn't keep you know audiences i mean people were walking out of his main events at pay-per-views last year because no one wanted to see him wrestle so it's just like what do you what can they do you know i mean it's you i mean you just treat it like nxt and do good wrestling and just 
run with it? Does that work on to a casual fan? There's a reason why casual fans don't watch NXT, and that's what I'm curious about with AEW. Is casual fans is AEW going to do enough for casual fans? Because you know what, the crap with the revival and their little comedy sticks of shaving each other's back, that is for the casual fan. We're mad because the Revival are an amazing tag team, but that's comedy that casual kids and other people, 10-year-old, 10-year-old me, would have found that hilarious. So it's one of those things where you're just like, is it, who are they writing these shows for? They're writing for the live audience, and they're writing them for the kids and the casual fans who don't come week to week to week, not for us who come weekly expecting these you know, hard-hitting stories. We get the Firefly Funhouse that hopefully they don't destroy. Yeah, speaking of that, like, how does that translate to wrestling now? Like, I'm just like, I can't wait to see him, like, actually come out. What is the new entrance going to look like? Like, you know, poor Rambling Rabbit, like, who was only on one episode. It's already gotten ripped apart by Mercy. Like, yeah. but you know what? The Firefly Funhouse is, like, one of the most entertaining things over the last couple of weeks, which what does that say about everything that this weird, like Mr. Rogers, creepy Bray Wyatt thing is like the craziest and most probably the best thing over the last couple of weeks. I don't, well, know. I it's, don't know. It's the only thing that has mystery. It's, it's the only thing that we can sit back and go, what are they doing now where they're getting dangerously close to is the Sami Zayn territory where, okay, what are you doing now? I understand. Right. I'm trying to have patience because I understand that nobody has patience anymore. I was actually just watching a show, um, where they, one, one of the characters said, you know, that no one has any patience anymore. And you know, that people used to play chess over through the mail that there's literally not a single person in the world who could have the patience to play chess through the mail like they used to. So it's like we are expecting the payoff. And even old school wrestling, I mean, shit, even The Miz and Shane McMahon going from Crown Jewel to WrestleMania, that was a long story from November to April. That's a long story for WWE to get to. So there's, you know, I'm trying to keep the patience. It's like, okay, where are you going with this Firefly Funhouse? But until you see, it's kind of like the same thing with Lars Sullivan. That's just always been my problem because I have ADD. But, you know, it's like after a couple of weeks, it's like, all right, I want to see who you're going to feud with. I want to see where you're going to go. Even Lars Sullivan, it's like, okay, you beat up the same people. Okay, at Money in the Bank, you'll have a handicap match against Matt Hardy and R-Truth. Okay, you'll beat them. Okay, then, then what? You know, it's like, I want to see the story that you're going to tell. I want to know what you're going to do with Bray Wyatt and this new character. And just listening to him just talk, there's clues in there. And I guess you can, like, tie his old character to his new one. But what is that going to mean? Is that still just mean he's going to come out and lose? Does that mean he's, I mean, what changes in his character? Exactly. And, so. like, I think that's the that's the problem is, like, you know, we want to see these great storylines being told. And like to your point, it's all week to week at this point. So, you know, what what do we have to look forward to? But just a few things that probably don't even have that great of a payoff. So it's it's just uh, they're in a, they're in a situation right now, and they're going to have to figure some things out. Um, you know, they need to iron out this wild card though for sure because it was so crazy that whole the whole night. I mean, SmackDown I think was a little bit smoother um, as far as like you know concept wise but at the same time they were kind of all over the place too with this thing so well and like i said we can get into smackdown here in a minute but yeah, yeah they were a little all over the place their counts weren't the same you know is a tag team one person or two people 
is, I mean, you start counting out the people. They still hit five or six people. So you're just like, okay, it's a rule, but no one's going to actually follow it. Do you, do the wrestlers sign up for it? Or do yeah. they just like run to SmackDown and whoever's the first four in the door get on the show? What is hap- what is supposed to happen in the opening of SmackDown if these guys didn't show up? Like, it's one of those things, like I said, you want to bring back KFAB and be like, you know, hey, what was Shane McMahon in the ring talking about Money in the Bank? What was his Money in the Bank announcement before The Miz showed up? Right. You know, he and was it, he was going to tell us something important about the Money in the Bank, but that all went away. So, I mean, it's like you want to bring back KFAB. Why the hell? What was his announcement? <laughs> well, it's funny because they even kind of did bring back some kayfabe. Like, for example, like AJ Styles getting mad that he spent all this time getting to Raw by putting his time in on SmackDown. And then even in his promo, he's talking about, wow, this is this really sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I put in all this time on SmackDown to make it to Raw. But you now you're just going to say that I could have bounced around at any time. And mm-hmm. it's like when when the wrestlers say things like that, it's like he's, he's he means that. I know mm-hmm. he means that. Like, so why would they let him say that? <laughs> I know, right? Well, and then Vince booked two WrestleMania rematches for Raw. One was Daniel Bryan's rematch against Kofi Kingston for the WWE title, which I really enjoyed, and that was obviously a good match. It was two SmackDown stars fighting on Raw for the WWE title. That one worked. Then they booked Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre, which was a rematch. And how much better would that match have been if Roman would have lost at Mania? Unbelievable. Like, I absolutely cannot believe that Roman Reigns did not lose that match at WrestleMania. I cannot believe they are not trying to pull the underdog story. I cannot believe they just rushed to get him right back to where he was, to where people booed him. And now it's just like all of that goodwill, all of that patience, all of that underdog story that they seem like they wanted to tell to build him up to be the big star they want him to be. They just killed it. With one Superman punch, you know, to Drew McIntyre. When Drew McIntyre should have won that match, and they should be telling an underdog story for Roman Reigns about, is he he the same Roman Reigns? Can he come back? Did he come back too soon? I mean, these are all questions as he's trying to, as he's losing matches, so you can get that sympathy and you turn him into an underdog. And they had the opportunity to do that, and they didn't do it. So then we had a rematch. For Roman versus Drew, that just turned into another match that, of course, Roman Reigns won again, you know? So you're just like, okay, cool. You know, you wonder why they struggle to build stars. They had a chance, like to your point, to get Roman over in a whole new way as a new character. And they had a chance to get Drew McIntyre over as a legit heel. um, And they did not get either accomplished. And I actually feel a lot more sorry for Drew because this guy's... Got it all, man. He's in great shape right now. He's so good on the mic. Um, I really feel like his character could be, you know, given so many different, you know, uh, different directions over the next couple of years if you just built him the right way. Um, I do feel they've got their next John Cena on the roster. They just haven't figured out a way to make him yet. And that's that's their problem to figure out. But, yeah, and, I mean, but the the one thing I do want to say that was a positive, the Kofi Kingston – and Daniel Bryan match was incredible. And I, I'm just going to say it, having the WWE title back on Raw, even if it was for one night only, made that title feel so much more important again. Mm-hmm. And the match was great. It made Kofi, This week actually I think was the best week for Kofi as champion he could have asked for, having two title defenses, which I know we'll get into on SmackDown. But, man, like it instantly made me feel like oh yeah like the wwe titles back where it needs to be on raw which right. felt really cool and the, and the biggest thing as we talked about earlier what 
should AEW do to not to be different and what WWE the one thing that they could change to turn a lot of this around is stop 50-50 booking. People should not get wins back. People should lose and the people who lose lose and the people who win win and they shouldn't get rematched the next week. You shouldn't get that. We had a perfect example. We had 2 weeks ago we had Robert Roode debut with his new mustache and his new gimmick, and he beat Ricochet, who Ricochet shouldn't be losing as he's just coming up to the main roster. But Robert Roode beat Ricochet. So Robert Roode is like, okay, you beat this guy who nobody thought you were going to beat. Good for you. What are you going to do next? And the next week, Ricochet fought Robert Roode for the chance at a Money in the Bank ladder, you know, for Ricochet's spot, because then that's what they did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to re- rewind. You had Robert Roode beat Ricochet. Then the next week, Ricochet got announced as being part of the Money in the Bank ladder match after he lost to Robert Roode. Then this week, Robert Roode fought Ricochet for the chance to be in Ricochet's spot for the Money in the Bank ladder match, which now Ricochet won. So now what is Robert Roode? Now, okay, that was fun. Bye. And all of it was cut off of Hulu, so I didn't see any of that. But... Uh- it was terrible, dude. It was just like it's almost like they caught a mistake and felt the need to fix it when they didn't have to do anything. No. You know what? You you messed up, right? Like I get it. Like as a fan, I was asking, okay, if Robert Rude just beat Ricochet, why isn't you know he a part of the Money in the Bank? But like they didn't have any qualifying matches, so no. we don't as fans we don't need to care about how they got in. So it was really weird that they felt the need they had to go back and give uh, Ricochet back his W. I, I, I did not get it at all. And, yeah, like, okay, Robert Roode could be a great character, a great spinoff for Bobby Roode, and you've already just pretty much ruined it. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling about the AJ Styles-Seth Rollins? You pu- I'm excited. I, I'm pumped for the match. How do you feel about the build? Um, it's a little, I don't know where they're going with AJ Styles. I think they want to turn him heel, but they're not going full blown. Like, um, because the AJ Styles we got on Raw was a lot different than the AJ Styles we got on SmackDown. So, um, I feel like, I think AJ's an incredible heel, so I wouldn't mind seeing him get back to it. Um, but yeah, it just seems like right now I'm excited for the match, but I don't think they have a clue of of how they want this to actually end at this point. Yeah. Yeah. They probably have no idea who's winning that match and I bet that's going to be an awesome match. So it doesn't really, really matter. Sami Zayn gets thrown in a dumpster by Braun Strowman after I complained about him. Nobody doing anything. That, that was, was, that was fun. <laughs> it was fun. And I, I actually liked how Braun just kind of reacted like, kind of like, 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 do I feel bad? Should I feel bad that this guy's about to get, like, crushed in a dumpster? And then he's, like, eventually, like, ah, yeah, whatever. Let him get crushed. So, yeah, I don't know what that means. Sami Zayn then showed up on SmackDown and got a WWE title match. So, I guess none of that <laughs> matters either. I, they just made – everyone made jokes that Sami Zayn smelled. And he got a WWE title match against AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston on SmackDown. So, I mean, more power to him, I guess. I, I don't – it's good that he was in the main event. Like, right now, it kind of feels like, I don't know if you've ever seen that meme of that, like, little chicken on the that bounces up and down on the keyboard pressing. Well, mm-hmm. like, it was on The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. He just, like, he didn't want to work that day, so he just had the little <laughs> bouncing chicken hit the button yeah. yes, over yes. and over again. Nuclear That's meltdown. what's happening with their booking right now. They just have a bunch of scenarios, and they're just putting it in a dice and just seeing what, it, seeing what sticks, you know? So, I, I don't know. It's absolutely crazy. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to see. And then uh, on Raw, I don't know if you want to say, I mean, we're going to continue with the burial, burial of the Revival? Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it's. I think that's. this is a definitely a mistake when it comes to WWE, is right now it's almost like, you know, they know all these stories are happening about um, their talent being frustrated, and I just don't know if it's a good idea what they're doing to the revival, especially because I don't know if they just don't think that we're smart enough to know what's going on, but it actually makes them look like a bully, and they need to be careful with this. They really do, right. because um, it's it, 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 like the whole back shaving thing, yeah, but like then you got the whatever, you know, they were putting on the the cream, you know, it's like, how, how far is this going to go? And like, when are we going to be as fans? Like, all right, stop, stop. And you know what? I understand. I understand that you don't want to put these guys on your show. If they're, if they're not going to want to stick around, you don't want to push them. You don't want to make them have a name, but you know what? EC3 them then we're going to give EC3 a title, put them on main event, put them in dark matches, put them at live events. Don't put them on TV. Don't put them on your raw. Don't put them on raw. I mean, if you really don't want to do anything for them, but you still want to get money out of them, you don't want to Neville them <laughs> and let right. them sit at home for a year. You know, all these wrestlers are creating, I can use all of them as verbs. You know, if you don't want to Neville them and let them sit at home for the, for a year and pay them to just sit at home, then EC3 them and put them on main event, put them on 205 Live, put them back down in NXT, put them somewhere where they won't make a name for themselves Put them some NXT probably be a bad example for that, but put them someplace where they they won't get any of that momentum, but you're you're still getting something out of them. You're still getting your money's worth out of it. Yeah, I just like I kind of feel bad for them now because I almost feel like they're gonna try to do their job, and they're gonna really try to you know stay relevant. But it's like because they've decided not to stay, and obviously it's evident that. Um, they're, they want to wrestle somewhere else, it, they're going to get punished for it. But as to your point, they didn't play their cards right. If they would have just not said anything, you know, and just did what Dean did, this would be different. But now Vince is aware. He's aware people are not happy. He's aware people are going to leave. So he's going to just be, it's going to look petty, but he's going to be the corporate CEO, and he's going to yeah. get his money's worth. Well, the problem, the problem is different from the Dean situation is, they're they're now looking at people anybody whose contract expires in the next year or two they're now trying to get them to extend way further out than they would normally ask someone normally like Dean Ambrose got asked like 4 or 5 months ahead of time before his contract expired these people are all getting asked years before their contract expires and WWE wants them to sign 5 year extensions when they still have a year to 2 years on their existing contract so they shouldn't be asked those questions nor in normal situations they wouldn't even be asked those questions until it was closer so then they could ride out that wave like Dean Ambrose did but now they're getting asked with a year left on their contract and they're saying no I'm not going to resign that and now they got a whole year of figuring out what they're going to do you know so it's up to WWE with what kind of publicity they want I would put them on main event and superstars and I'd put them on those shows that not anybody watches you know and still get my money's worth but I Absolutely. wouldn't I wouldn't try to embarrass them on Raw. But to the Revival's credit, when their balls were itching from the icy hot in their shorts, they sold and they went above and beyond the call of duty to sell that their balls were on fire. <laughs> it's 
SmackDown Live, how we had all the Raw superstars showing up, or yeah, Raw superstars, AJ Styles, Sami Zayn, then we also had The Miz, then we had The Usos, so there was five right there if you count both Usos. You had a lot of people showing up. How do you feel, because at this one, on this SmackDown, we had Sami Zayn and AJ Styles challenge Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. And then we had the Usos come and challenge Daniel Bryan and Rowan to the tag titles after Shane McMahon attempted to just hand the titles to Daniel Bryan and and Rowan. And the Usos from Raw came out and said, no, you need to earn those titles, and they had a match. So both of these title matches were against Raw superstars. So to, in my opinion, it was like, well, I know who's going who's gonna to win. I, I Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. I also i am a little worried because Daniel Bryan – is now a tag team champion, and he just got done fighting for the WWE championship. I really hope that they're not, like, backing off on him, like, because of the injury. I mm-hmm. kind of think that might be a thing. Um, I mean, I'm happy that he's got some kind of gold, and maybe him and Rowan can really have some fun with it. But, yeah, like, that was the first thing I was like, oh, like, man, is he out of the title picture already? Like, well, I think to a point... I don't think he's away from it, but they're going to they're gonna have to delay it for a little bit because, one, Daniel Bryan's not going to go to Saudi Arabia. He already backed out on Crown Jewel. So you have to at least get through that June pay-per-view or house, house show before you can put Daniel Bryan back involved in that because he's not going to go. So then you have to deal with, are you watching my dog chase? It's, it's just so funny. Around. It's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> just... She's rolling around behind me. But... <laughs> You know, so, I mean, you have some time, and if Daniel Bryan really was, depending on what that injury was, as nobody knows, throwing him in a tag scenario where Rowan can take some abuse and Daniel can relax but still be on TV, it's a good place. But, yeah, I agree. He doesn't need to sit there for too long. No, not at all. But, yeah, it's just, you know, I wasn't as outside of AJ Styles. AJ Styles, I could have seen to a point if they wanted to do this Becky two belts with somebody else, I could see AJ Styles winning the WWE title at that SmackDown and then having, like, the double title match for, you know, at Money in the Bank. I could have seen that, but it's at the same time, it still just kind of pulled me out of that triple threat because I didn't think they would pull that trigger, go that route. No, so but it's it... kind of... It's kind of Part of the problem with the wild card rule is then all these matches, it's like, well, especially if they're for titles, I know who's going to win. Yeah, I will say, like I, you know, just kind of expand on my point. I think the best thing about this week was for Kofi Kingston. Kofi had back-to-back great matches, defended the WWE title, and get this, his promos were actually really good. I don't they know were. if you paid it. He, he had energy. He was yelling. He had a lot more um, just, just overall, like whoever's been kind of helping him, it's paying off. And like, I, I just thought like, this couldn't have been a better week for him. Cause now it's like, I, I was probably in that bandwagon that thought this guy was going to be a transitional champion. And now it's like, Hey, you know, like, let's see what this guy can do. I really hope he, I hope he gets to hold on for it for at least a couple months. So. If you noticed, and it was funny, was that Roman Reigns was out in the ring on Raw and Kofi Kingston came out to a hell of a pop. And he was getting a bigger pop than Becky Lynch, as I didn't even put her on the schedule this week to even talk about. So that shows where that is. But, you know, I mean, Kofi is getting the biggest reaction out of anybody. And I think they obviously know that and think that that's a good move to keep that going. Now, the other question would be, do you think that 
they did these couple title defenses to get him out of the way so Kofi could drop the belt to Kevin Owens at Money in the Bank? They could have. Um, you know, at that point, it's, you know, a lot less. Uh, you're not going to get as much flack. Um, that could happen. And let's face it, I mean, he is now, no matter what, no one's going to take away the fact he's a former WWE champion. Um, so even if he drops it to Owens, he can go back to maybe chasing him after the title. Um, and, I, I mean, let's face it, baby faces chasing a title is a better storyline than baby face holding on to the belt. Um, it just is the way it is in wrestling. So I was going to say, unless you're Stone Cold Steve Austin, there's right. not too many that have been able to <laughs> keep that going and... Yeah, Stone Cold in the Rock, and that was just about probably, I guess, John Cena. I guess these those big stars, but even John Cena, when he hit a certain point where he got booed, but that's where Smarks and internet wrestling became a thing. And exactly, John Cena suffered from that. That didn't exist in the nineties. <laughs> um, you pumped up for uh, this cage match with Shane and Miz? No. <laughs> <laughs> like like I've said, I just. I don't know. I, I want the Miz to be doing something else. I know, like, I, I need to be a little bit more patient, and I need to just let this thing ride out. It was really cool to see the Miz do a face run-in. Again, something I've never thought I'd ever see the, the Miz do a face run-in to help out another face. So, I mean, they're not – they are definitely sticking with him as a, as a baby face, which is great. Um, but, yeah, I just want him to – I actually want him to win this feud. I hope he really goes into this cage match and wins because – that would be a great way to send him off into the summer into some other direction. Yeah, he needs to be winning. He needs to be winning one of those. He needs to be winning the universal title at SummerSlam. I mean, realistically, if they're doing AJ, if they're doing AJ Styles and Seth Rollins right now, then the Miz needs to be bookend. He needs to be bookmarked for SummerSlam main event. He needs to be. I mean, regardless of who's the champ, that he should be the one that's going forward. If you're really going to push this, he, you need to make him. You have the summer to make him the biggest person that you have. And I apologize, my dog is going all to town on her tail. No, I think she just really agrees with your theory about the Miz. So yeah, you think that? You think yeah, the Miz I, is going to do that. <laughs> and now she's licking herself so i don't know what that means i don't know if that's a yes or a no <sighs> one day we'll understand our our canine companions right <laughs> but yeah i i i hope that they do more with miz but yeah shane miz i'm done with that i don't i really don't need to see shane mcmahon wrestle at all at this point so i mean i'm sure a cage match i'm sure money in the bank's going to turn out to be crazy you know what's even crazier and we'll probably segue it because i'm pretty sure we're almost pretty much knocked out of content. Did you know that uh, Money in the Bank is the same night as the series finale of Game of Thrones? No, no, no. Like, no. I'm, I'm sure they weren't thinking about that at all, but I, I saw, I heard that today, and I was like, oh my God, it is the same night. That's not going to be good for anybody, because nobody's <laughs> going to watch Money in the Bank when it's on. Oh, my God. I can't believe you just had to tell me that. Now it's like, I mean, I, I'm totally probably going to watch Game of Thrones. I'm sorry. You have to. <laughs> I mean, realistically, Money in the Bank's going to be a solid card. I'm probably going to watch it that night. Um, but there's going to be an hour and a half hole that I'm going to either have to go back to or I'll start. You know, like I said, I'm not – you just can't – Game of Thrones is one of those things, and a lot of times people are saying it's going to be the, one of the last shows that are like this where everybody needs to watch with all the streaming services and with all of these things. Everyone's watching stuff at their different times. It's one of the last big shows that's kind of going out, and uh, it's kind of crazy to think, but it's everyone's going to watch it. I mean, you just if you have the ability to watch it, you're going to 
knock that out over Money in the Bank. Yeah, there's no way that I'm going to miss Game of Thrones live. I'm sorry. It's just too important. But your point, I will be watching Money in the Bank. I am I'm excited. I think it is going to be a good show. I think you're going to see some star-making performances. I'm especially excited to see who comes out with the Money in the Bank briefcase. I've actually, you know, I know we'll get into predictions, but I'm strangely impressed with Baron Corbin right now, and it's really hard for me to say that, but... I I almost kind of want him to win so he gets a second chance with the money in the bank, but we'll see how it plays out. I I know next week look at, look forward because next week will be our money in the bank predictions. We'll have Corey back. We'll predict those shows. I had almost put money on the fact that I have a feeling that all three of us are going to pick Baron Corbin to win that damn briefcase. Like <laughs> I just feel that that's just how I see what they do on Monday, but it's just I think we're all leaning that way because it just seems like he beat Kurt Angle at Mania. He's doing what he needs to do. It just seems like they want to push this dude. So if they're going to push him, he is, as Corey always says, he's one of the only heels that actually gets heel heat. So he's doing his job, and you know what? More power to him. But, yeah, I just feel like that's what they're signing this up for, regardless of when he's going to use it. It's just dude, one of those pin, things. He got a pin on the Universal Champion this week. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Regardless of shenanigans, he yeah. pinned Seth Rollins. He beat Kurt Angle. He is basically the leader of a faction with Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley that nobody wants. <laughs> he is the most hated person on the roster from a fan standpoint, so why not? I would probably give him the briefcase if I was booking that. Yeah, why not? So next week we will be back. We're going to – I think we're done talking wrestling. Yeah, we covered everything, didn't we? I think we covered everything in my notes. And like I said, the wild card was the biggest thing. We'll see how the wild card rule changes next week. One, two, three, yes, wrestling. Email us at one, two, three, yes, wrestling at gmail.com. Shoot us messages on Facebook. Join the conversation. Subscribe to us so you get the podcast every Friday. Like us so you can see what Corey posts on Facebook because he finds the weirdest memes. Did he ever pit- post that picture of Rick Moranis? Rude. No, I don't know why he didn't, because that's the best meme he's ever found. Yeah, yeah, he sent us this picture, and we're going to have to get him to post it, of, of Rick Moranis' face on Rick Rude's body wearing Sigourney Weaver tights from Ghostbusters. I mean, like, what was it, Ravishing Rick Moranis? was. What it was. Yes. So I mean, that was an well, awesome picture, and we'll have to have Corey post it, because that was good stuff. So like us on Facebook so you don't miss out when those things do get posted. We're going to end this podcast. Ed, you still want to talk about other things? No, I think I think we, we need to save our energies about Game of Thrones and Avengers for maybe an offshoot okay. podcast. So maybe we, we should just do that. We, we should do that. that. And if anybody is interested in hearing us talk about Game of Thrones these last couple of weeks, let us know, because I'd be happy to do a one, two, three, yes, Game of Thrones show. So maybe we'll have to do that and see if we can knock that out this week and get some excitement these last couple weeks and any other types of pop culture things we can do one two three yes avengers let's turn this into a a thing so i am down with that but we are going to cut this one just that little bit short as we are approaching our hour mark thank you guys for listening and until next time it's always a pleasure thanks guys 